0: love you so much, family. Hey, why don't you turn around and give somebody a high five or a handshake or a hug if you know them well enough. Our online family, go ahead and put your name in the chat. We'd love to know where you're watching from. We're all in this together. Now you may be seated, my friends. What a beautiful day it already is. Merry Christmas, Shoreline City. Come on, Merry Christmas. Again, everyone who is with us in the room or online, we just love you so, so very much. And everyone who's a first-time guest, can we give it up for our first-time guests one more time, too? We're really, really glad you're here. You take out some time to spend with us. We're praying that every heart would be captured by the beauty and the majesty of who Jesus is. And um, if you have your Bibles, why don't you open up with me to the Gospel of Luke. If you didn't bring your Bibles with with you, we're going to put the verses on the screen so that you can follow along with us. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 8. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. and They were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you. Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I love this text here. And in it are two words I want to highlight real quick. Afraid and joy. Now, these are two words that all of us have some familiarity with, at least to some extent. Now, fear, without a doubt. Some of y'all, joy, you're like, I haven't had joy in years. Okay, so... Scrooge, we're glad you're here. But, but the afraid piece, this afraid piece we all get. Uh, listen, even the kids that are here right now, you know what it's like to be afraid of maybe the dark or afraid of a particular animal or afraid of, I don't know, fill in the blank. The bad news I have for you kids is some of those fears will still try to hang out with us even when we become adults. It switches from fear of like, I don't know, the dark, to fear of going to work <laughs> you don't even want to be around the people you want to be around you can just be have so much trepidation about what's on the horizon these angels show up in the middle of these shepherds just doing their shepherding duties and as they are shepherding these angels show up and and they're terrified well you would be too I personally like to scare people, I don't know if you all know this about me, but I actually like to you know, jump out of random nooks and crannies and startle people. Uh, I'm no longer allowed to do this at my house, but I do do it on accident all the time uh, to my wife accident. Uh, So honey, I'm sure you're probably watching right now. I'm sorry for all those times. It's just fun. But when you get startled, uh, some of y'all cuss right away. That's what some of y'all do. Uh, Some of you throw a punch. Okay. So obviously you had a tough childhood. Uh, uh, Others of us just kind of freeze, but we all have these different responses. But, But fear... Fear is a unique emotion uh, because fear actually is not something that you have to think through. It's just something that actually just happens to your body. Uh, I was doing a little bit of a study on this, and this is part of our brain called the amygdala. And when uh, you have something that comes into your eye sockets or you hear that makes you afraid, it's before you can even think your body goes into a reaction. You don't actually have time to process the information, you just react. It's later on that your prefrontal cortex, come on neurosurgeons, your prefrontal cortex here actually gets the opportunity to kind of think and go, oh, I don't need to be afraid of that. That was just whatever. But the initial response, you don't even think about. I was thinking about us this year. Feeling like a lot of us haven't even been thinking. We've just been reacting, been reacting to our spouse reacting to our family reacting to the pain that might be going on in our life not even thinking through it that's why the scriptures i think teach us things like this in second corinthians uh, chapter 10 verse number five we'll put it on the screen for you it it tells us you got to take every thought captive every thought not some thoughts every thought captive, and make it obedient to Christ. Because if you don't, your thoughts and my thoughts will get the best of us, and you and I will have fear about something that we don't even know was going to happen. Philippians chapter four, verse number eight, uh, reads, whatever is lovely, pure, kind, noble, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, I want you to think on these things. Instead of just reacting, Think. Instead of just responding, think. Because there are some things that are coming against you and I that are trying to put us in fight or flight and keep us bound in fear, bound in darkness, bound in anxiety, bound in depression. And so many of us have been living like that this year. But I'm praying today is a day that we elevate our mindsets and our thought processes. And we're not just reacting, but we're thinking. Now, what's the best thing we can think about? I think it's found in this wonderful person called Jesus, this Savior of ours, if you can think on him. Think about the sacrifice that he made for you. Think that he has not forgotten about you. Think that you're not alone. Think that he said, I'll never leave you or never forsake you. Think that he said, I'll be with you always, even to the very end of the age. And your emotions are trying to tell you you're all alone, but you're not. You have a savior. Emmanuel actually means God with us, who says, I'm coming down to be in the middle of your life. I'm in the middle of your move. I'm in the middle of you going to school. I'm in the middle of your marriage right now. I'm in the middle of your future. I'm in the middle of your present. But being afraid will try to make you so unsure about what's coming down the horizon that you get seized up and don't make any moves. Joy is also interesting. Because joy makes you think about something that maybe is going to happen, too. Uh, Some of y'all are dating somebody right now, and you are hoping that this is the season that you get a ring. Come on. Nudge the person next to you if you know. Dude, you better step up this Christmas. I got my hair did. I did my nails. (laughs) I got gel nails just for you. I did these tips because I expect a ring to be on here. You might be expecting something and you can get happy about it. You're anticipating something taking place some kids might be anticipating a scooter, or you're anticipating a bike, or you're anticipating whatever, but some of us adults, we're anticipating the economy turning around so our business can begin to go to another level, or we're anticipating our marriage being put back together, or we're anticipating having peace in our minds, and there's an anticipation. There's a joy that can come from that. So both fear and joy are informed by what's going on, but they have this ability to think about the future but I also think both of them are impacted by the past you're afraid sometimes and I'm afraid sometimes because we think we should be because last time I trusted a person they failed me so why in the world am I going to trust you again when you look like the person you sound like the person you kind of smell like the person (laughs) I can't trust you, I'm afraid to trust you because of what I experienced in the past. This has happened to many of us. A lot of us are stuck in cycles right now. Matter of fact, some of y'all don't even like me, and you haven't even met me yet. Maybe it's because of my pants. My wife put me in these pinstripe, I don't know, elf-looking. I didn't know what these pants were, but I just said, yes, ma'am. There's a belt that hangs all the way down here. I'm like, honey, who am I right now? I have no idea, but she wasn't feeling well, so I just said, yes, dear, and threw them on. But you might not even trust me because you're like, huh, I've been to church before. I know you pastors. You don't know me. You and I didn't spend any time together. But if you've been hurt, if you've been burned, if you had church people look at you and say one thing to your face and do another thing behind your back, then that right there can make you afraid to even wanna engage in the family of God. I know some of us are here today or even online and you're here because you know your grandmother was gonna ask you, did you go to church on Christmas? And you can tell your sweet abuelita, yes, you were there, you came to church, you showed up. But I'm going to ask that you not just show up, but you open up. I'm going to ask that you allow the grace of God to capture your heart, because God does not want you leaving this place the same way that you came in. The reality is there is a joy for you and I, but this joy that I'm talking about is not like cultural joy. There's a difference between, like, biblical joy and cultural joy. The source of these things are two entirely different things. Matter of fact, I got the definition for you for, uh, just look it up. Went to Google, asked the definition of joy. Here's what Google tells us. The emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires, a feeling of great happiness. That's what culture tells us is a source of our joy. Do you possess it? Do you have it? Well, if you have it, then you have joy. But if you don't have it, if you don't possess it, then you don't have joy. And a lot of us are living our lives like this. This is not biblical joy, this is cultural joy. Cultural joy will try to let you know if you don't have the healing yet, you can't be happy. Cultural joy will try to tell you that if you don't have the ring yet, you can't be happy. Cultural joy will try to tell you that if you don't have the baby yet or the grandbabies yet, you can't be happy. Cultural joy will try to tell you that if the weather is not perfect and your bank account's not just right and all your employees aren't acting the way you want them to, or your friends and everything's not in order, then you can't have joy because it's based on what's going on around you. It's based on circumstances. But that, my friends, is not biblical joy. Biblical joy goes far beyond what you and I possess in a thing, it goes to a person, and his name is Jesus. Joy comes from you and I understanding that when we get give our hearts to Christ, that the fruit of the Spirit, of the life in, in Christ Jesus, is joy unspeakable and full of glory. That it is not based on me being in chains, in prison, in problems, or in pain. This joy is based on who Jesus is and what he has done. And that's why I will not be shaken. Of course I have tears. Of course I have pain. Of course I have difficulty. Of course there's mess going on all around me. But also what is true is I have a Savior who is high and lifted up and above every single giant that I'm facing. That's biblical joy. It's founded not in me possessing a thing. It's birthed out of me having an authentic, life-giving relationship with Jesus. Now, I'm not saying this is easy because whenever... You got more month than you have money, it's hard to have joy. <laughs> Whenever you have some kids you've been praying for, but they have not come home yet, it's tough to have joy. Whenever you have put in application after application after application after application and had interview after interview and after interview after interview and nothing seems to be turning around and opening up, it's tough to have joy. It's tough to have joy when you bury somebody you love. I had a, got a text message just this weekend uh, from a dad in our church. And uh, he and his wife, they buried their daughter this year. Sweet little girl. And we had the funeral uh, at our church building and and honored her life, that was a tough one. It's hard whenever it's a little kid and you're navigating the pain of life, but he sent me the text saying, thanks for standing with me. And I see him at church still lifting his hands, still saying, God, you're good. In the midst of that type of pain that's not cultural joy, my friends. That's biblical joy. This is not you and I faking it, because some church Christians are good at faking it. It's like, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. <laughs> blessed, highly favored. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Oh, oh how are you doing? <laughs> I'm not asking for your Christianese answer. I'm asking, how are you? Then you go, well, if you ask, beep, 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 and that fool, beep, 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 you know, you start actually sharing what's going on. I say, thank you very much, maybe a little too raw, but thank you so much for at least being real for a second, because we cannot pretend that because we are Christians that everything goes perfect all the time. It doesn't. What we are saying, though, is when things aren't going perfect, we don't need them to go perfect in order for us to have the perfect perspective on the perfect Savior, because we know he is high and above every single thing that you and I are facing. And if you are still here right now, I am telling you that God has so much in store for you. I'm telling you he is not done with you yet. I'm telling you there's still hope for your kids, there's still hope for your family, there's still hope for your friends. There's still hope for your business. There's still hope for your mind. There's still hope for your your community. There is still hope because I believe that God is able to work even in the most difficult and the hardest situations. So as we navigate this here, I I was thinking about, again, this this biblical joy. And I thought, we got to do something important with our joy. We got to care for it. Like, you gotta protect your joy. Now, some of us have tried to protect our joy by cutting certain people out of our lives. And I think that's smart. You gotta have some boundaries, okay? We got some family members like this. We love them so much, but... You just got you to gotta, you gotta create some boundaries, okay? Everybody understand that? You, you, gotta, you just can't let people do whatever they want to do to you all the time. You, you got to go, okay, hey, I'm going to create a boundary. Now, when you create a boundary, still some family members find a way to jump that fence, cut a hole in that fence, and still end up in your DMs at your house or at your dinner table. Somehow, some way, some family members can still do that. Some of us, we can't cut certain people out of their lives because we had kids with them. So how now do I have joy? We got to look at this fool (laughs) that I don't want to deal with. The kids are a blessing, but you're a mistake. So now what do I do? How do I still have joy? How do I have joy when I'm going to invite our family over and I'm praying no one brings up politics? In Jesus' name, uh, please know but you know that uncle or that aunt or that mom or that, that, you know they're just waiting for the right time. We're just talking about the cowboys, and sometimes they'll bringing up the election. I don't know how it happens. We're talking about mashed potatoes and somehow they bring it back over here to MSNBC or CNN or Fox News or something. You know it is coming. How do I have joy in the midst of that you do have to protect and care for your joy? It's a gift that God has given us. Not that it can be just taken away by just the, you know, the random things of life. But you and I have to be mindful. What am I letting into my heart and my life? What am I focusing my attention on? Some of us are being zapped, not because of the devil, it's because of some of our own foolish habits that we have in our lives, and we're not protecting our joy, because all we want to do is just scroll, 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 and we don't to spend any time in the scripture, 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 scripture. It, you you got to protect your joy. You got to guard it. You got to be around some people of God. They're going to speak hope and life and strength on the inside of you. If you're not around those people, it's surprising. Don't be surprised when that joy gets ripped from you. Charles Spurgeon, he's one of my favorite theologians and preachers. He lived a long time ago, but he said this, I do not think the church rejoices enough. We all grumble enough and groan enough, but very few of us rejoice enough. And that might be true for you. And maybe it's been true for you at different seasons. Uh, it, this has been a unique year. Uh, I know for our family personally, we just have had to navigate a lot of uh, a lot of new things. Now, I, I love being a pastor. I, I, I'm called to this. I can't see myself doing anything else. But maybe interpretive dance. But other than that, kidding. I'm the interpretive dance. But you're welcome for that picture. Uh, I I love being a pastor. It is definitely unique sometimes the emotions that I can go through just even in an hour. I know the staff team feels this too because you gotta be present for people in their hard times and you wanna be. And then you're present with people in their high times too and the emotional swings can be so high because you, you, you really, really want to be present. I feel grace for it. I feel anointed to do it for sure. But this year has been filled with all types of swings. I know that's for my own life personally. Maybe it's been for your life too. One of the swings we experience is I, over on my right and your left, uh, my, our awesome son, uh, Parker, went away to college. And uh, here he is, a freshman in college, our oldest son, uh, going away to school and sitting down at the dinner table. And now there's not three kids there. There's two kids there. Those of you who have toddlers right now, you're like, "Oh, I, I, I can't wait for that day." No, it comes faster uh, than you think, so you want to hold on to those moments. So now I sound like one of those old parents, are like, "Oh my gosh, it goes faster than you think." But it really does go faster than you think. And Parker is off at school, and we're sitting down at the table with our two other kids, and it just was a new dynamic to have to deal with. It's emotional. We got two new buildings that we have. This one that we're sitting in. We how long have we have been in this building? What, four weeks? Maybe three, four weeks? I mean, we'd have been in this building just for a hot second. We don't even know what we're doing still uh, in this building. So my apologies for anything that was crazy for you. We're still trying to get everything working online properly. I've been so proud of the team, how they've been locked in and leaned in. But we've been here for four weeks. But coming into this building, this was a massive undertaking. Then we had a whole, a whole other new building up in Frisco. It was a massive undertaking. This is just some of the... Public things that I've gone through. I got private things too, and so do you. You have things that you've navigated in your family that very few people know about. You've got things that you've navigated in your mind that maybe even your best friends don't know about. You've got things that you've navigated in your business, in your family and your finances that maybe no one knows about. And all of us are in this thing called life, and we want to live this life to the fullest, but there seems to be so many things coming against our joy. And again, I don't want us to be great at just complaining and great at just murmuring. I want us also to be great at living in joy. I felt this conviction, uh, encouragement, challenge from God, friends. I felt three words just kind of drop in my heart. I wrote in my journal a number of weeks ago. The three words were joyful, grateful, and hopeful. I wrote all three of those down. I felt like God was saying, make sure you hold these things true to your heart. I uh, was connecting with our campus pastor down in Guatemala, uh, Nate Louder, we were talking uh, through this message, and he, uh, he said something I thought was so, so good, so I stole it from him. He said, you can't expect a new anointing to come from an old sacrifice. It says you can't expect a renewed joy from a, from a, without a new surrender. And I heard him say that, and I said, Nate, I'm gonna go ahead and steal that and act like I came up with it myself, which I obviously didn't. I give them credit. But I was just thinking about my life and your life and and all we've been trying to navigate this year. All the different things we've been dealing with and fighting through. And feeling like there's so much, if our joy is this candle, there's so much that comes at us to try to snuff it out. But the scripture says something great in Nehemiah chapter 8. I believe it's verse number 10. We can put it on the screen. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. No wonder it gets attacked so much. Because life, darkness, and the enemy are trying to attack your strength. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. But think about your life this year. What has tried to come in and just snuff out your joy? Who offended you and that tried to snuff out your joy? Who just absolutely gets on your nerves? <laughs> They're trying to snuff out your joy. What situation is going on in your life physically? Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's an unanswered prayer. Maybe it's a a legal battle that you have been in. Maybe it's something that you're trying to get off the ground but hasn't quite gotten off the ground. What is it that's been trying to snuff out your joy? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The great thing here about this passage of Scripture that we read is that it's good news for great joy for all people, not just some people. It's not just great joy for older people or for younger people. It's great joy for all people. What does all people mean? All people. We sometimes think we're so special that we get to be uh, kind of put on the sidelines when it comes to things like all people, but you don't. This is for all people. This is for bald people. Come on, bald people. Receding hairlines. Come on. This is for receding hairlines, and full sets of hair. All people. This is for those who have six packs and those who have a big one pack. This is all people. This is for people who are married and people who are single. It's all people, meaning marriages that are strong and marriages that are weak right now. It's all people, meaning those who are single parents, And those who might not know where their parents are, all people. This all people that he talks about here in the scriptures includes agnostics, atheists. It even includes those who like Nacho Libre. I believe in science. It includes those as well. This all people here is the gospel letting us know that whosoever, no matter where you're from, no matter what you have navigated in in, in your life, and no matter what your sin may be, this all people, this good news of great joy is for you. You are not ostracized or put on the sidelines because of some mistake or some issue that you've been dealing with. This is for all people. Now, what I've also found out is all people have to navigate and deal with your flame trying to be taken out. That's common for all of us. Pain, common for all of us. Difficulty, common for all of us. But I'm so glad when these angels showed up, they said good news of great joy. For all people. So, even though all people might experience pain, all people can also experience this promise that what Jesus Christ did in not just being born, but also in his death, burial, and resurrection can change and transform every single one of us. I don't know what giants you are facing, I don't know all it is that you are navigating. But I know some things have tried to come and snuff out your joy. But I want to pray for you right now. And I'm going to pray that you would have renewed joy. I want to pray you would have it in your family. I'm going to pray you would have it in your own personal life. I'm going to pray that every room you walk into, that the atmosphere changes. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads for just a moment, my friends. Father, over every person under the sound of my voice whose joy has been under attack. Right now, I ask for your hope and your life and your power to fill every single man and woman. I know that we have taken some very real hits this year but those hits have not taken us out even though they tried because you have carried us and sustained us. Thank you for all the times you provided for us. Thank you for all the times you met us in our darkest hour. And I ask right now that you would protect that candle, that flame of joy in our hearts. I pray that you would do something fresh and new in our mindsets. You would do something fresh and new in our families. You would do something fresh and new in our marriages. You would do something fresh and new in our relationships. You would do something fresh and new in our hope and in our dreams and in our future and in our businesses. And I pray that you would pour out your spirit and there would be such a joy that would overflow and would impact every single area of our lives. I pray that our heads would go from being tilted down to being lifted up, not just because of what we possess, but because of who our eyes are fixed on. Jesus, our eyes are fixed and focused on you. Would you light that flame once again within us? And would you complete the good work that you started in us? I come against the dreariness the heaviness, the burdens, the weights that are trying to hold us down. And I pray for the light and the life of the gospel of Jesus Christ to fill us afresh and new. As your heads are bowed just for a moment longer, if you're under the sound of my voice and you have never given your heart and your life to Jesus, Jesus, This candle is actually a great picture because if you have not given your heart and your life to Jesus, that means your candle has never actually been lit. You would be dead in your trespasses and your sins. But the good news is there's a lighter. The good news is for all people. And today your heart and your soul can come alive in him. You can go from lost to found, from dead to alive. So if you've never given your heart to Christ or at one point in time you did and you slipped away. And today you're saying, I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to do something simple but bold. I just want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. Ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hand up. You're saying, yep, that's me." We've got friends all over, balcony on the floor, friends online. You're saying, yeah, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. This is the miracle of all miracles. This is why Jesus even came in the first place. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart right now. And I want everyone to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, you can lift your heads up. Yeah, you can clap your hands for sure, church family.